There has never been more choice for fans of cinema. Movie studios and streaming services are releasing content every week, yet somehow, to three guys living in the UK, the choice of what to watch has never been more difficult. Led by celluloid junkie Dave, industry professional Jim, and sci-fi nerd Fish, the guys chart the rise and fall of the 1990s from the very beginning in the spirit of education, conversation, and wanting to learn as much as possible about what was cool then, what's still cool now, and everything in between. We invite you all to take the journey through the 90s. Repeated. Welcome to the 90s Repeated, the movie podcast where we revisit the best films of the 90s from the very beginning with me, Dave, Jim. Hello. And Fish. Hi. This week it's March 1990 and we're repeating the largely forgotten first collaboration between Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks who would go on to make two more movies together. It's Joe versus the Volcano. Cue the trailer. Once upon a time, in the middle of a deep dark factory, an average Joe, Joe Banks, lived a very boring life. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Joe, Joe, Joe Banks, in the story of a man, a mountain, and a miracle. Take me to the volcano! Joe versus the volcano. That released on March 9th, 1990, and starring Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, and Lloyd Bridges, dad of Bo and Jeff, uh, and was directed and written by John Patrick Stanley, who's a renowned playwright of the theatre. He'd bizarrely go on to direct uh, Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman in the drama Doubt about sexual abuse in the Catholic Church, which is a great movie, by the way. Um, Joe vs. the Volcano had a budget of $25 million and a domestic box office of $39 million, and is widely considered to be one of the only box office bombs of Tom Hanks' career. Um, although I think it would go on to just about break even on home video. Jim! Hello. What did you know about Joe versus the Volcano before watching this movie? Actually, hold the phone, guys. Hold the phone, Jim. Hold that fort. Okay. We haven't done our uh, traditional name that song that was top of the charts. You ready, Fish, for the song? I was born ready. Jim, go ready? On. Go on, go on. I'd never heard this before, but what a tune. Tank fly, boss walk, jam, nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the Big Bang. This, this, this is Jam Hot. Jam Hot. Jam Hot. This is Jam Hot. Is yeah. that the track or is Jim saying it? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying it. What's the, the artist? Beats, Beats International. Very good. Wow. wow, wow. Featuring Linda Layton. What a tune. Yeah. I just imagine him being a little bit buzzed, driving down a motorway. Not that you would do that because that's illegal and potentially life-threateningly dangerous. But assuming you were in the backseat of a car. <laughs> Fatty Fatboy Slim's first band, wasn't it, I think? Was it? No, that was the House Martins, wasn't it? No way, surely not. I'm sure Norman Cook was in Beats International, no? I don't know, we'll have to confirm this. Fish, can you cut in uh, some sort of fact check afterwards in the edit? We'll find out. Yeah. I'm officially annoyed now that Jim's Jim's winning. Uh, yeah, oh, officially two winning. one yeah. Smashing it, smashing it out. Okay, um, so yeah, Joe versus the Volcano. Uh, Jim, what did you know about this movie um, before we watched it, before we repeated it? 
I didn't know anything about it apart from that it's like one of those answers to a trivia question like name the three movies that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan have been in together and everyone can name two of them but they always forget this one and yeah. that's all I knew about it and I'd never seen it yeah. Fish? Yeah I'd, I'd seen it and I remembered it I, th- I think um, my parents watched it and I watched it with them and, and it stayed with me because I remembered a lot of it interestingly in what is, you know, maybe a first for us as a, as a threesome, uh, I had not seen a single frame of this movie. Wow. And the first time I saw anything was the trailer, which we watched together last week. And I thought, <laughs> oof, that looks rough. But was it? Was it rough? <laughs> well, let's, let's kick off because, you know, we, we, we decided that we're going to stop being coy. Too coy. Too coy. And we're just going to come right out the front and say what we thought of the movie. Um, I bloody loved this. Okay. I it was a revelation. Yeah. I thought it was like profound. Mm-hmm. I was like, where's this movie been my whole life? I was like, I've watched it three times in the last week. And you know what? I'm gonna watch it again. Yeah. I didn't love it at first either. This is one that's great. It's got better every time I've watched it. And I, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, I, I actually really like this. I think I, it's really good. I concur. Good. I really enjoyed watching this. Uh more than I thought I would. I thought it'd be a real slog. Yeah. But I forgot that it was a sort of surrealist comedy masterpiece. It's brilliant. Jim? It, it was lovely. It was a really nice film. Wow. What, what, what a That's treat. It. Cue the like, applause. For the wine, guys, let's get pissed. <laughs> let's have a good time. We all, three of us liked a movie. My Huzzah. God. This is the first time. What I'm Right. What I'm surprised about, though, is that I haven't seen this film. Not... Mm-hmm because I would have ever sat down and like watched it, you know, for any other reason. But yep. just the fact that it, it feels like a Sunday afternoon movie that should be on repeat. Like, you know how some movies are just on TV all the time because yeah. they're sort of not offensive and easy to watch and mm-hmm. fun. And and this film is, it's just really nice. I don't think it's unoffensive, movie. Jim, and we'll get on that. Oh. Well, okay. We well, can, I don't, yeah. as in, this is not, this is a, it's, it asks a lot of its viewers. I don't think it's like a carefree People are talking about offing themselves in this movie. Do you know what I mean? True, but I don't think that's you know any reason for it not to be. Like I say, these sort of like Sunday afternoon. It's not splash, movies. is what I'm saying. <laughs> just, I just don't know why it's not shown more. Or maybe it is, and I just always ignore it. I don't. Sure. I agree. I don't think it is shown. I think it's quite challenging, Jim. But we'll get on to it. I, 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 I think it's. Um, I think it's challenging. Great that we all liked it. Um, you know, excited to talk about it. But um, we'll, we'll, we will stick to the traditional format of going through and we'll talk about what we liked and, uh, as we go through. So the, the movie opens um, with this, I think this cool sort of bluesy number, doesn't it? It's an incredible opening. And I think it plays the whole song as well. Oh man's made out of muscle and blood Muscle and blood and skin and bone A mind that's weak in the back the, the, A lot of the movie... Um, plays to music it kind of it's like it's kind of one of those movies it seems like feels like it's got a song playing all the way through yeah Mm. but on the nose lyrics isn't it yeah yeah very much so the i did you did you guys when it first started i was like oh this is kind of a bit tim burtony like it's very production designy mm-hmm. um yeah. you know it's, it's obviously it's, it's it, it opens with the title crawl you know once upon a time so it's supposed to be like this surrealist That's kind right. of fairy tale mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah, not, the, it's a heightened reality right it's not set in the real world yeah absolutely it had elements of tim burton a bit a bit 1984 um yeah. i got from it and when they actually got into the office actual 
yes. was the next bit. It, it had big severance vibes for me as well. Yes, um, yes, true, yeah. true. The new Absolutely. Apple TV series. There's, there's an element of that. So this um, this opening is actually a homage, and I get I get to flex my film knowledge in this because I was pleasantly flex. surprised that I noticed lots of things that weren't on the IMDb. Um, page and I always I always feel an immense sense of pleasure and pride <laughs> when I notice something. I look on IMDb and I'm like, it's not here. Go on. Um, so that happened last week with the the Hunt for Red October when I noticed that Jason Isaacs was in the movie and I've got another one in this later on. Later on, I'll tell you. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> it's not that expression. It's just there's an actor in this movie that's fairly well known that isn't credited and I oh, didn't really? see him on IMDb and I'm like, okay. I, he's there. I wonder if uh, I spot. I'll him tell you now. It's Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane's in this movie. He's one of the Islanders at the end. Nathan, Who's Nathan Lane from Lane? Mouse Hunt and um, the Birdcage of Robin Williams. Oh, you see now I'm out. I don't I know mean, who that is. <laughs> it's, I was expecting more of a trivia bomb. <laughs> Nathan Lane isn't credited on IMDb, Jim, and he's, he's right, in full okay. makeup. Uh, did you notice Nathan Lane, Jim? Yeah, what? quite obviously Nathan Lane well, is in the movie. Okay, well he's not in, he's not credited on IMDb and he's not in the trivia section. It's a 90s repeated exclusive. Nathan Lane is in this film, guys. <laughs> can I can I throw out can I throw out a quick question actually? Yeah, How yeah did, go on. did you all watch it on Netflix or something like that or Prime? Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, you watched it on Amazon. I'm just curious. It's, it's it's one of those things. It's like they don't make it easily available. It isn't easily available. I um, had to pay for it's it. True. Fine, but. Why, why are you not just on a streaming platform? But I wanted when I get this movie, I want to watch it over and over and over again, right? I yeah, I'm a little work. irritated that I rented it actually, because um, I'd, I'd I'd quite like to have this one to watch again. Um, but there is a they, Blu-ray available in America, um, but uh, yeah, not in not in the UK as far as I could see. So, wow. Um, anyway, um, what was I saying? So yeah, the. Um, the piece of trivia that I was going to say that I don't believe is on IMDb that in, in regards to the beginning of the movie is this is all an homage to the German uh, movie uh, Metropolis, which is uh, black and white. Mm. Yeah, so this kind of opening with the the factory and everything is it's kind of paying homage to German expressionist. Um, is it really? Yeah. Now, did you guys notice at the factory what they make at the factory? Rectal probes. <laughs> it, uh, is is this a bit like woke police? Do we need to sound the siren? Is it like, oh, it's bums, it's funny? Uh, it was the only bit in the movie where I was like, hang on a minute now, guys. Is this? No, uh... I don't think so. There wasn't wasn't there a, a prototype for um, silicon testicles or something as well on the boss's right. desk? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, it's rectal probes, and they also got KY jelly there. It, it's just a right. bit juvenile, isn't it? It's just like stuff up people's bums, guys. It's yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. No, I but, think the woke police are still on standby there. I think we're okay. <laughs> Um, but the um, the motif of the um, lightning bolt, which is all through the movie, is yeah. also in some ways. Um, I don't think it's significant in any way. Well, I I couldn't I couldn't. I, I, I was wondering. I have no idea what that's in reference to. Really, it's in the no, trailer it, as well. You could see. It's, yeah, you can see it in the trailer as well. But it's also the lightning bolt is also I think symbolism of like a bowel. It looks kind of like intestines. Really? Yeah, I think I thought that that was kind of. I guess it weaves and like where he works is yeah. kind of related to bowels and intestines. So I thought, yeah, yeah. something with that maybe. But uh, I, I couldn't draw any significance other than it was a repeating motif in the in the movie. Well, I think it is just it's supposed to be a lightning bolt, isn't it? But, but it's all it's lots of things, Jim. It's a road. No, no. Well, yeah, but it's shaped like a lightning bolt. It is a lightning bolt. That that's, maybe that's it's a Rorschach. What... <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. okay. It looked like a dick to me. Okay, so the movie starts. Yes, we get this kind of Tim Burton um, over 
production designed factory that's just hell to work. And then mm. there is some symbolism where there's like a little flower growing, so a life growing, and that is crushed and stepped on. So it's like yeah. this is where, you know, there's nothing's allowed to grow and live and thrive, right? It's all dark and dingy. And then he says, at the beginning of the movie, Tom Hanks says, you know, what's, you know, I'm losing my soul, which is very on the nose because of the sole of his shoes yeah, very. coming off. And um, we see Meg Ryan for the first time. And boy, does she look different at the start of this movie. Why do you let Wittori talk to you like that? Like what? What's wrong with you? I don't feel good. What's the matter with you? I don't know. I didn't know it was her for, uh, for the first, let's say, seven seconds. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was yeah. like, that looks a bit like Meg Ryan. Oh, they've cast that well. No, because I remembered that Meg Ryan was blonde later on in the film. This girl showing up as a brunette at the beginning I was convinced they would just done some clever casting and, and found someone that looked like Meg Ryan. Was it cheek implants? Did she have contacts? It there was something like in her contacts. face. Her eyes looked bigger and more dilated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so kind of widened up it a bit. So and and obviously she it. had a, a mad wig on, but it, she, it, it was... Uh, it didn't quite look like Meg Ryan. Yeah, so was... I found this first part of the movie quite a slog to yeah. get through outside of the opening when you like, you know, you're tapping your foot to the music. And then mm. like the next 20 minutes is a bit of a slog. But in rewatching it, I've come to think, well, that's kind of by design because his life is a slog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I've got to say, actually, the intro to this um, office environment literally gave me anxiety it was starting to freak me out because <laughs> if you remember the boss was on loop he was saying um he was yeah, on the yeah. phone saying i'm not arguing that with you harry yeah harry but can he do the job i know he can get the job but can he do the job i'm not arguing that with you harry i am not arguing that with you who said that i'm not arguing that with you i know he can get the job but can he do the job? I'm not arguing that with you. He must have said it eight or nine times. I was starting to get freaked out. <laughs> like, literally. I was, was really say, bothering I forgot, me. actually, at the start of this podcast, it was like, okay, uh, yeah, you guys, we've got the podcast, but can you do the podcast? You know what I mean? Like, yes. We've got the yeah, podcast, yeah. <laughs> can you do the podcast? Oh, it's really freaking me out. It is great, though, because you get this, like, constant hum of these flickering lights, mm. and the lights are, you know visibly flickering as well and it is also this point where you get the the first bit of great physical comedy from tom hanks where he's sort of like blinking towards the light <laughs> yeah well you get this um you get this incredible mullet as well which is a lot to take in <laughs> yeah. at the start of the movie i was like is that his real hair i, I guess it I, it looks pretty good for a wig i'm guessing it must be i think that was his a, hair a wig no, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a wig. Uh, going going back to the opening, I, I guess there was a few things that came up on the credits that, that made me like obviously perk up. One of them is obviously this movie is produced by Steven Spielberg, Kathleen mm, Kennedy, and Frank right. Marshall. Now, did, did that twig with everyone? Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I don't know who Frank Marshall is. Oh, interesting. So he'll come up again in the '90s. Fish. He's Kathleen Kennedy's husband. They're married. Oh yeah, and they are a producer partnership. Um, that worked with Steven Spielberg in Amblin. And Frank Marshall directed a few movies that are great. He did uh, Arachnophobia. Oh. And I believe he may have done The Congo. I don't oh, know Congo. Congo. Uh, yeah. But he definitely did Arachnophobia. Yeah. Because the guy that directed this wrote Congo, right? Oh, what's his no. name? Shanley? Michael Crichton did Congo, didn't he? 
Well, he might have written the book. I'm pretty sure this guy wrote the screenplay, though. Yeah, so obviously, it, you know, you, your eyes perk up when you see Steven Spielberg, surely, because, I mean, it's the, it's the 90s, it's Steven Spielberg. That You know, it, this is the same trio that did E.T. So, uh, yeah, you should be... I, I certainly was like, oh, a little bit exciting. Um, okay, so after the uh, opening guys with the office and everything else, he goes and gets um, diagnosed, doesn't he, with a, um, with a brain cloud. I've gotten the results of your tests. You have a brain cloud. There's a black fog of tissue running right down the center of your brain. It's very rare. It'll spread at a regular rate. It's very destructive. And it's incurable. Yes. Now, did you guys recognize um, the doctor that diagnosed him? Yep, recognized him. Don't ask me from where, though. No, I didn't. Jim? No, I didn't recognize he's, him. Uh, he's Ultra Magnus from Transformers the movie, so it's more the voice. Oh, okay. Which is a staple of my childhood, Transformers Ooh. the movie. Prime. You said the Matrix would light our darkest hour. Magnus, I want the Matrix. Never exterminate him. He's also, for like our parents' generation, he was the voice of a TV show called Most Wanted. But he's got, got a great voice, this doctor, and he tells Tom Hanks that he has a brain cloud. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I kind of twigged the kind of twist at the end of this movie. I, 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 I kind of saw that one coming. I, I didn't remember it. I had it a was, suspicion. It was all very odd because I thought there's no way that he's going to die at the end of this movie or, you know, yeah. he's going to jump into the volcano. Or, but then, like, as the film progresses, you're like, well, maybe you will because it's really quirky, this movie, and you don't kind of mm. know what's going to happen. So yeah. the whole brain cloud thing was like, yeah, maybe it's real. I, I don't know. I mean... um. I, I, at this point in the movie, I still wasn't bought in. I was still not really enjoying it. And I was still thinking, because you can tell, sometimes you can tell when movies are kind of, um, they're writing it as they go along. And this movie has that vibe. Like yeah. there's nothing being established or set up in the beginning. Like I, I like to compare it to like Back to the Future where within the first 10 or 20 minutes, they've established the lightning hits the clock tower. They've established his dad and his mum met at the end of the sea dance. There's stuff that's going to come back. Yeah later in the movie and this movie nothing's being set up or established and I'm like this is just kind of rolling tumbling on yeah. see I like this first bit because I really connected with his character oh yeah that's what I wanted to ask you guys is that like I, obviously me and Jim went to uni together and Fish was there too but like I, I've actually worked in these kind of environments uh, yes. since I left uni and I'm not sure Jim ever has have you Jim have you ever <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Fish, have you worked in these? Jim's never debased himself for the man. <laughs> I absolutely have worked in these. I have, yeah, absolutely. I have one of the worst jobs I ever had was when I worked at an insurance company. Wow. I worked there for three months and I could not <laughs> hack it. And it was literally like this fluorescent lights, suits, yeah, yeah. dickhead boss. Yeah, you know, add add the hypochondria on top of that that Tom Hanks has and uh, <laughs> the winner. Yeah, I really, really connected to this character. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of the issue that I had with it at this point, well, it's at this point, yeah. it's, it's the, but you know, the rest of the film plays out the way that it does and it's all a bit quirky and crazy and, you know, but for me at this point, I was like, this is too much. It's yeah, like, yeah, I you know, agree. at the beginning, the, I'm like, mm. ramming it down your throat that, you know, he works in this miserable place. So I think there could have just been a little bit more realism to it. I, I, and I kind of, that, that, that sort of, I feel that through the rest of the movie as well. Yes. Even though I enjoyed it, but it just feels too fantastical. Do you not think that's what makes it, though? Because if it, if it was played more straight, it would just be dull. 
yeah, I mean, we, we'll we'll um, we'll get onto it. When I watch a movie like this, I try and like think how successful is it within its genre, I guess. And I I'm thinking of this as like a romantic comedy. Mm, yeah. And like romantic comedies, and that's probably one of the reasons why I haven't watched this is that I would never seek out and watch a romantic comedy. These are the kind of movies you watch with your girlfriend. For me, that makes me a horrible misogynist. <laughs> um, but like, I I would never choose to watch a romantic comedy. Freeze. Woke police. You know, if I'm at home on my own, I'm watching Goodfellas or Heat, I'm not throwing on. What a man. Exactly, man's man. <laughs> yeah. I'm not throwing on Sleepless in Seattle. Not, not even Love Actually at Christmas. I don't watch any of these on my own. No, I never choose a romantic comedy. So this was one where I was like, this is this is artistic, right? It's not. A, it doesn't feel like a commercial product. It's not like... I don't watch this and think this is purely here to make money. I, I felt like there, this is there's artistic intent I thought behind this. At the, the point that I thought it actually was just after he was diagnosed and met and actually went out for a date with Dee Dee, is it? Meg Ryan yeah, 1, we'll so. call her. Meg Ryan Meg 1 Ryan is Dee Dee, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a, a shot of uh, New York and all the windows are different colours. Mm. Yeah. Um and I just thought to myself, it's like a, it's like a stage play. It's, it's theatrical. That's, that's yes. not what you'd see in a, 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 on a set. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and another thing that jumped out to me is, um, I like and the reason I love movies in the '90s is that there's, there is just a lot of creativity in filmmaking that just doesn't exist anymore. So a really small moment, and there are other movies in the '90s that I like this, but there's a small moment where Tom Hanks puts his hands to his eyes and rubs his eyes. And then it cuts to another scene with his hands rubbing his eyes, but it's a different scene. It's like a transition. I think it goes from him in his office going like this, and then it cuts to the doctor's waiting room, and he's also oh, got his okay. hands over his eyes, and then he takes his hands down, and it's like a, a cool little yeah. transition. And I'm like, just little creative flourishes like that, you just don't see anymore. Right. Um, and I just think that's really nice, and it just yeah warms my cockles yeah. a little bit, and I'm like, oh, you know, they care about the filmmaking. Um, okay, so I mean... He's diagnosed with his brain cloud. He's told he's got five months to live. Um, and then he quits his job. Yes. Um, and I guess this is a big character moment. Because this is before he's told that he's got loads of money and that he can, um, you know, go do what he wants. It, it, this is just like a moral thing. He quits yeah, that's job, right. So he it? quits his life. job before he gets all the credit cards. So it's yeah, like, yeah. A, yeah, max respect. He, he decides He's acknowledging just, there's more to live for, there's more right. to do. Yeah, before he even gets the money. I think that's an important um, step for the character because otherwise he's, he's a little bit less sympathetic, I would have thought. Because he's not doing it for the money, he's doing it for himself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He does it for himself. And before before we um, leave the office, I mean, there is a, a bit. This this I did pick up from the IMDb. That I can't say this was a Dave observation. Did you guys? There was his lamp that he has in the office. Yes, I saw the lamp. Yeah, that it actually foretells the rest of the movie. Oh, okay. I'd need so to. There's the moon it. on there. There's the boat. There's the storm, and there's the island. Is all on his very good lamp. The only um, colour in that in the in the in the office is it? Yeah, the only colour. Yeah. It did it did make me think as well that there's probably a way to read this movie where the last half is a fantasy and isn't real, because mm -hmm. um, it's all kind of set up at the beginning. So maybe it's like a dream or he dies on the boat. And I was like, there's definitely a way you could read this movie where he dies halfway through. Wasn't there the 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 books that he picks up as well? They foreshadow the, the rest do they yeah like Ro yeah, Romeo okay. and Juliet something else and then the Odyssey right right oh very good okay so he, he's told he's got five months to live he quits his job he goes to his house 
and then he's um, visited by Lloyd Bridges. Now, did you? I said at the start, Fish. I mean, I, only because you were. I can't remember in the last episode. I told you so and so was related, and it came as a surprise to you. Did you know this was Jeff Bridges' dad? I, I didn't know this was Jeffrey. No, I love this guy from Airplane. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I can't take much more of this. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. This is Jeff Bridges' dad. Jeff Bridges wow. and Bo, but Bo's not. I'm guessing you've got no idea who Bo Bridges uh, no, is. No, no, I don't know who that is. You can see it. You can see that. Uh, can you? Uh, you can see a. Re- you can see there's some similarity between uh, Jeff. Well, it's his dad, Jeff, and, Lo- and Lloyd Bridges. Sure. It's, it's around the eyes. They got the same eyes. Okay. And there's also another um, reference to the lightning bolt, the crack in the wall of his apartment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if that would pay off at some point, but it sort of... That's the thing, yeah, this this whole like, lightning motif, it just doesn't... They don't ever explain it. I just, it was like... <laughs> I don't know why I thought this at the time when Lloyd Bridges turns up. I was just like, this is well before the days of GDPR, wasn't it? How did this guy find him? I thought that, actually, <laughs> when he was like, my doctor told me about you. I was like, whoa, whoa, doctor, patient, confidentiality, what the hell's this? How do you know my name? Oh, and all about it. Much as I can learn 24 hours, anyway. Peanuts? You know. Quit your job, huh? Yeah. Eh, sounds like a dumb job. No family? Hmm. Good for you. Families are a pain in the neck. Dr. Ellison, you were in his office yesterday? Yes. Uh, he told me your news. He thought that uh, you and I might be able to help each other. I want to hire you, Joe Banks. I want to hire you to jump into a volcano. While I was watching it, because I wasn't quite sure what was going on, I thought it was like a wizard or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was like that kind of vibe. You're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You're, you're dead. You're dying, Joe. Yeah. One of the, the things that was kind of disappointing about Lloyd Bridges being in the movie was that mm. he just wasn't given enough like comedy to do. And and also, well, he is smoking a pipe of a naked woman. He's giving. He's got some slapstick to do in there. Yeah, and also just the amount of screen time they give him. I was totally expecting him to come back later in the movie. Well, Jim, let me tell you, uh, he did did originally come back at the end. Test audiences did not like it. The whole ending was refilmed. Crikey! Trivia bomb. At this point, he does a lot of exposition about. Um, he basically lays out the plot outline. of the movie. <laughs> yeah. it, it plays out the plot of Avatar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I'm so glad you made <laughs> yeah. the Avatar connection because I thought that while watching this movie, I was like, if only the Navi had a volcano, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they could have settled this unobtainium thing so much easier. It's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, it's not called unobtainium. What's it called? Ubu. I think it's called Ubu. It is the, the mineral plot of Avatar. So Joe versus, James Cameron watched Joe versus the volcano and he was like, what if there was no volcano? There's a mineral on that island, Mr. Banks. It's called Bubaro. I don't know anywhere else on the planet where you can find more than a gram of this stuff. And believe me, I've looked, because without Bubaro, I can't make my superconductors. I tried to get the mineral rights from the Waponis, but I don't seem to have anything they want. But they do want a hero, Mr. Banks. And they'll give me the mineral rights if I find them one. There's there's two movies that you can't help but think about when you watch Trailer vs. the Volcano. One of them is Avatar. Do you know the other one I'm going to say? Both James Cameron films. Or Titanic. In this movie, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But in this movie, they're uh, frequently saved by luggage that floats. Yeah. Right, and there's so much room on this <laughs> luggage that you just can't help but think, 
where the fuck was all the luggage when Leo and Kate were swimming in that water and had to shimmy on half a door? Because they would have been absolutely fine if they just had some luggage. What an advert for luggage, though, this yeah, movie absolutely. is, isn't it? It's such an endorsement. And there's no, they don't name the brand, right? There's no yeah. brand. No, I don't think so. Or no. if they do, it's invented. So whoever wrote this movie has a deep love and respect for quality luggage, doesn't he? I don't, I don't know. It's weird that they decided to make that the hero of the film. I'm getting to the point where the movie, I think, really takes off. And then from here, I loved it till the end. And it's so after the Lloyd Bridges scene, it's when he gets into the. He's given all these credit cards and he said, basically, I'm going to give you all the money and you can go crazy and spend what you want to spend. You've got your five months live, but I need you to jump in this volcano because there's this unobtainium on this island that I need to harvest, but the natives won't let me have it unless uh, we appease their volcano god and someone jumps in. So I need you to jump in the volcano, Joe. And he goes, yeah, sure. And then he goes on a spending spree. It's a little bit um, Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone in New York. It's a little bit Pretty Woman as well. Pretty Woman, yeah. yeah. Um, but he meets Ozzy Davis, who's, a again, a great little character actor that not a lot of people know that he was in Bubba Hotep. Is this the limo driver? Yeah. yeah the limo I driver. fucking love this character. I think he's, um, if this guy existed in, like, schools or something, this is the, the kind of character the youth of today need. He's like what Andrew Tate yeah. should be. I have people mess with me all the time. I'm fat and I can't get a girlfriend because I'm depressed. I'm like, no, pancake lover. <laughs> You're depressed because you're fat and you can't get a girlfriend. Do you understand? Yeah. But this is when this is when I'm like, this movie's a little bit profound and it's got something to say and it's like, uh, okay, there's more to this movie now. They just hired me to drive the car, sir. I'm not here to tell you who you are. I didn't ask you to tell me who I am. You're hinting around about clothes. That happens to be a very important topic to me, sir. Clothes, Mr. Banks. Banks. Clothes makes demand. I believe that. You say to me you want to go shopping, want to buy clothes, but you don't know what kind. You leave that hanging in the air like I'm going to fill in the blanks. Now that to me is like asking me who you are, and I don't know who you are. I don't want to know. It's taken me all my life to find out who I am, and I am tired now. You hear what I'm saying? But this is where the movie lost me for a little while, just because... Oh, no, why? Oh. No, it did, though, because it's like, well, okay, we just spent like 20 minutes in the office. We spent another 15, like, like you know, it's like... It just felt like it was slowing down a lot. And I was like, where is this movie going? And it's like, ah, oh, okay, this guy comes along. And it's like, right, this film's just like about life lessons and yep. being the person you yep. want to be and living the life you want to live. It's, yeah, end mm -hmm. it now, done. Well, this is also when I realised that the trailer completely missold me on what this movie was. It's a really bad trailer. Well, just the title, yeah, the title alone and the, the structure of the movie are completely wrong. The volcano's only in the last 10 yeah, minutes, isn't it? Yeah, because this movie's called Joe versus the Volcano. The island in the volcano is literally the last 10 minutes of this film. And what this movie really is, is more like, again, another movie that is... Movies, see, these movies fail always. This Again, this reminded me of the movie North um, with Elijah Wood, where it's just, it's just a, a guy going on like a discovery and meeting characters as he goes and kind of figuring out who he is. And um, that's what this movie really is. And um, yeah, um, he meets Ozzy Davis, the limo driver. He gives him some life lessons. And then the next character he meets is the second character played by Meg Ryan. So this is when you like twig, you're like, hang on a minute. I'm getting two performances by Meg Ryan. Now, I didn't know this was coming. Jim, you didn't know this was no. coming. So what did you think when you're like, hang on, this is Meg Ryan like, again? That's Meg Ryan again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, actually, actually, she briefly was in the scene before that on the plane as the, um, very, very as the voice of the stewardess. Ladies and gentlemen, we are beginning our descent into Los Angeles. 
I, 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 when, when she turns up again, I'm like, we're so used to seeing male comedians yeah. do this. You know, Eddie Murphy does it. Uh, Mike Myers does it. Um, but I don't. You don't really see female actresses do it. And I was like, what a treat for Meg Ryan to be able to do this. And what a unique way of not having to sideline all these actresses into small, tiny parts and give the male, you know, the major screen time as well. Let them play. We'll let Meg Ryan mm-hmm. play different characters. And. You know, she was a. They were both big stars when this movie came out. You know, she'd already done When Harry Met Sally. Yes, yes, yes. And he'd already done Big. Jimmy, Jimmy, Coco Bob, Jimmy, Jimmy Rock. And Splash. This is a big secret you've been keeping from me. Is it that you're a mermaid, or is there something else? And so, like, this was a an event, and you were going to see them in the movie. So I guess it was like a treat for audiences as well to see her play. Also, I think I might be in love with Meg Ryan. <laughs> I mean, good lord! I mean, I I remember it watching um, Inner Space when I was younger, and I was like, sweet. But I think she she switched oh, yeah. me on, as it were. Well, <laughs> but what you? I think you're right, Fish. And what you're tuning into is kind of this feeling that everyone had in the early '90s about Meg Ryan. They that everyone loved Meg Ryan because she was kind of this sweet, wholesome romantic comedy. Yeah, Inner Space when Harry met Sally. Hot as chips. Hot. Yeah, but in a wholesome way, right? And that is why the media and the world turned on her so aggressively and horribly when she cheated on Dennis Quaid with Russell Crowe. Oh, I don't know yeah. about this. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no, she, Meg. So she, was, she was America's sweetheart. Everyone loved her. Sweet, wholesome. It would be like if Julia Roberts did this. The same thing. Uh, or, yeah. you know, so she cheated on uh, Dennis Quaid. They were together. They were married since Inner Space with Russell Crowe. And the media and everyone just completely vilified her, and her career never really recovered. How long was she with Russell Crowe for? It was just a fling. Oh, just a fling. poor Dennis. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. And everyone turned on her. But you know, men cheat on their girlfriends all the time, and they don't. Their careers don't <laughs> bomb, never to recover. But it really, uh, really, yeah, really affected Meg Ryan. Wow. Unfortunately. Anyway, um, going back to <laughs> her character in the movie, this is some weird archetype that I didn't know existed, this kind of red-haired, valley girl, American actress-type character. Because if you ever watch Gremlins 2, which is my favorite, one of my favorite movies, that this same kind of archetype character exists in there, this kind of red-haired, valley girl. This must be some sort of weird stereotype that exists in the 90s that I just didn't... It's the, uh, yeah, it's the Jessica Rabbit look, isn't it? Hi. Are you Joe Banks? Yeah. Who are you? I'm the daughter of the guy who hired you, Angelica Grainamore. I've never been to L.A. before. You're kidding me. What do you think? It looks fake. I like it. I, I this is so. This is where you're like I'm watching an allegory. I'm not watching a real mo- movie or character. So it's it's she is like every um, Hollywood. Valley Girl, and obviously the, the director of this movie and the right is the same guy as the writer director has a lot of experience with actresses. But on the surface, she's this confident, empowered woman. She's an artist. She has paintings on the wall. And then it this is when the, the movie gets a bit dark and serious again. I'm thinking I don't really know what I'm watching here. Um, she's not confident. She's very insecure, and she starts talking about death and suicide. And you're like, whoa. Well, this whole film I think is about mental health just hidden beneath all this this wacky comedy and surrealism, which, which I think is why I liked it so much. But it doesn't sort of pay it off, unfortunately. Well, I disagree, and I think it does pay it off. You think but, it does? I, mean, um, I, I, was, I was taken aback by how openly it's just a Hollywood movie and some woman's talking about offing herself. Yeah. 
Um, and then Tom Hanks is like, no, if you know, don't kill yourself. If you, again, this is like a broad comedy. Yeah. <laughs> He's going like, no, don't kill yourself. If you, you know, if you, if you're scared, just try something else. You know, do something else. There's something else worth living for. Jim, how are you feeling in this scene here? Because well, I, I like the way she was lit. That was great. <laughs> No, they gave her like this proper like nineteen forties like lighting, which was really nice in in the restaurant as well. And I spotted that. Yeah, yeah there was light across the face, wasn't there? And the, the mm-hmm. it was like a strip of light. Is that yeah, what yeah, you're absolutely. About, yeah, I think also right, like right. my I questioned why they bothered having or not bothered, but why she was playing multiple parts. Um, and mm-hmm. you know when she then turns up later as well, I'm like, well, why did they do that? Why not just cast three different actresses? But I think that is to play into the. Because I don't know if there's supposed to be an element of like he fancies all three of them because they look similar and there is like an attraction to all of them that he has and that's like his desirable type of woman. I'm not trying to call you. I'm not trying to call you out or trap you here or anything, Jim. But I mean, I think it's like audiences are there to watch Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. You know, you don't want to wait the whole movie to see Meg Ryan. I don't think you'd question again. You don't question Mike Mike Myers playing three roles already. Murphy playing three roles. I think it's just like let's just get Meg Ryan in this movie sooner. But yeah, but yeah, it doesn't doesn't work though for me. It just like it felt okay. again unnecessary and like if that's the case, just have Meg Ryan in the film earlier and restructure the story to make, you know, to bring her in earlier. Yeah. I think it's just a bit of fun. I think it's just like, let's let Meg Ryan have a bit of play and have a bit of fun and stretch herself and see what she can do. And I I, I just thought it was, um, it worked for me anyway. I, you know, I, don't, I don't mind. I enjoyed it as well for reference. Thanks, Fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked um, it. I thought it was a bit, it was weird. You don't, you don't see it that often. So I enjoyed it. Then there's a moment in this movie um, after this scene where obviously Tom Hanks could sleep with this character, this insecure actress, and he doesn't. And I thought, fuck me, this movie's kind of ahead of its time here. I I, I thought, wow, you know, this isn't like, um, you know, Ace Ventura or most movies of the 90s where it's like every guy has to sleep with every woman that throws him. like any other movie in the 90s, it's like every guy has to sleep with any woman that you know, propositions him. And if he doesn't, it's kind of like he's some, you know, Jimmy looking at me a little bit. Yeah, funny, no, no, no. I, I, I thought Nat, you would expect him to sleep with her, right, in most movies. And I, I, it felt kind of a modern, didn't feel like I was watching a movie from the 90s when he turns her down. Yeah, but that was, a, that's only, that was only to serve the rest of the story though. But Again, but I feel like kind of ahead of its time in this regard. Yeah, okay. I don't think that was the intention. I think it was just to serve the story. So that later on, he, when well, he, he meets well, okay, her half sister, he can say, "No, I didn't sleep with her." Yeah, but this whole concept of a guy being sort of, um, what's the word? Like, you know, uh, a bit, you know, morally um, superior, or like just being a, a stand-up guy, or because he didn't sleep with a woman that was vulnerable. I just thought it was a kind of concept that I didn't expect from a, a '90s movie, and it's kind of is a concept that we now expect of men or society expects of men that maybe they didn't, I just didn't think that kind of was a, the conversation was even happening in the nineties, let alone in some broad comedy. Yeah. I think they could have, they could have had him sleep with her and then had Meg Ryan three, the blonde Meg Ryan. Yeah. Get annoyed at him and then get over it. <laughs> I think you've seen that before where she's been, you know, she's annoyed at him and then he, talks around us. Well, that's true. I mean, the traditional structure of a romantic comedy even is that the guy will fuck up in yeah. the middle. Yes. 
do something and then win the woman back. And this doesn't happen in this movie. He's a stand-up guy all yeah. the way through mm-hmm. and doesn't actually make a mistake or yeah. screw up. Um, so it, I, I again, I thought it was kind of different and a, and a bit refreshing. Yeah. And that's it was also like this is the scene where she falls in love with him. That Meg Ryan free is when she said when he says I didn't sleep with your <laughs> yeah. sister, which I thought was a bit odd. I was like, she's got they, daddy, they have a very short amount though, of time. Don't know, they have a very short amount of time to establish that Meg Ryan free is going to fall in love with Tom Hanks. And there's only like there's like this scene where he says I didn't sleep with your sister. And she falls in love with him there, and then they have like a montage, which I think is the greatest. I've got, scene I've got in the to movie, say, right? You say there's a short amount of time, but then they do like a five minute fishing <laughs> yeah. montage. But the, this fishing sequence is the best scene in the movie, right? With this Jim Hudson <laughs> hammerhead puppet. I mean, when that popped I out, I laughed the scene. so hard at that. Oh, man alive. <laughs> No, yeah. Jim, the Jim Henson hammerhead puppet, where Tom Hanks is like scared for his life. And I mean, he does, he does a classic Tom Hanks reaction, it. doesn't he, to that? So good. But it's an interesting point that they, yeah, they kind of, the, rom- the romantic part of this story happens very quickly, sort of, again, yes. unrealistically quickly. To me, it was like. Absolutely they, unrealistic. They should have, like, you know chopped the first half of the movie by 20 minutes, got on further along and kind of built yes. that relationship a bit more to make it a bit more believable. I, I 100% agree with you, but that is the re- but then the movie still works and that is why you're like holy like so much chemistry between Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks and then when they get mm. to the island just like absolute dynamite and you're like this shouldn't work, but it they it does work because they're so have so much chemistry together and like the scene where they say they love each other you can tell that it's a little bit ad-libbed like that that little laugh that they do yes um yeah, and yeah. he's like i love you and she's like i love you but the the timing's terrible it's just it's it really hits you i thought it really hit me i love you i love you too i've never been in love with anybody before either it's great i am glad <laughs> but the timing stinks i gotta go and no wonder they've done three mm-hmm. movies together because that that yeah. kind of chemistry is like lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I note I noted down that they just look great together, side by side. They're like they look like they should be a couple. I mean, forget <laughs> Dennis Quaid and Russell Crowe. Yeah. It should have been Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Let's face it. It, it just um, it just really. There's a few scenes that really were quite profound. Like I said at the start, that I found them quite profound and they hit me quite hard. So the one where they're on the, 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 there's a lightning storm and the boat kind of um collapses and then he's on the luggage and he like looks up to the moon and he's like god whose name i don't know thank you for being alive and i just thought yeah. that it's just a really powerful concept to be thankful for being alive rather than being downtrodden or like afraid or scared or like um worried about death and the afterlife just to be have a character that's saying i'm happy to be alive i just found quite profound but actually. this is why the end of the, <clears throat> the end of the movie doesn't pay off for me because I, I just think because he survives, basically, yeah. it's established that the doctor was a fraud and he was a payoff by the business guy. I know you're not going to die after all. And I just thought that was a little bit of a shame that that didn't but you play You would have out. had them die in a volcano. It could cut to black when they jump in. I mean, it could have. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, I guess the third profound moment, because I, I said the first two, the third profound moment for me was when they were about to jump in the volcano 
and they look at each other, and I don't know if it's Meg Ryan or Tom Hanks, but one of them says... Joe, nobody knows anything. We'll take this leap, and we'll see. We'll jump, and we'll see. That's life. And I just thought that is so good. Yeah. It's just so, so, you know, this whole worrying about death and the afterlife and, you know, what happens. It's like we don't know what happens, you know, but be, let's be positive about it. Let's have a, let's, yeah, let's be optimistic about what happens when we die. And so then it doesn't matter that we're jumping in a volcano. I'm going to say as well, I would say that the visual effects on that jump, <laughs> even they, they quite work as well, <laughs> even though it looks a bit shit. I thought the volcano looked great. It does look great. And then there's a shot of like smoke. When they actually come out, you know, the actual effect where they jump in yeah, and then and they, they come get, out, that looks yeah, bad. Yeah. But when they're it's flying terrible. through the air with the smoke stream, that looks really good. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I thought that looked quite cool. That's, yeah, I don't know how they no, did that. I, don't know how they did I think all the, effect, all the effects in the, in the movie were good though. It's, even the ones that are supposed to look a bit shit, you know, look On good, purpose. don't they? Right. Yeah, it, it helps with the comedy, of, doesn't it, a little bit? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And those kind of over-the-top backdrops and stuff. And there's like the, the, the moon uh, just, you know... Looks awful, but it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's just such good imagery. This whole storm scene was so well done as well. Mm-hmm. Like, and no point did I think I was looking at a model or anything like did that. You know? pr- <laughs> no, I thought it was pretty well executed. No, it was. It, it was good. I mean, cool. I, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. I mean, we haven't talked about the end. So we, we, we've talked about it a little bit, mate. With the island and the people on the island, um, the, they the fact- finally get to the fucking island that we've been talking about for the <laughs> yeah, whole movie. Yeah. It is strange. And you're like, oh wow, there's only ten minutes left in this movie. Um, but what 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 is it about the '90s and orange soda? Who loves orange soda? <laughs> Kill loves orange soda. Is it true? Is it true? Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, it's true. Ooh. Yeah, what is that all about? Keenan and Kel, and this was it. Was orange soda a new thing that had just been discovered? Hello listeners, Fish here. Um, So in this section of the podcast, we very eloquently, with great respect and sensitivity, talk about the history of Pepsi advertising drinks to ethnic minorities. Um, None of it stays in. Well guys, I don't know what happened, but all our mics cut out for five minutes, but now we're back. The woke police came knocking, we had to have a chat. We're talking about the Islanders. Now, there were like... Women with like giant cans on their tits, weren't there? I saw on this island. Did you now, see? now li- literally cans, though, cans of orange soda as a bra. Yes, I was expecting the rock to show up. It felt like a little bit like Moana, didn't it? I was like, I felt like that. Uh, they did have Moana yeah, vibes. Yeah, yeah. could have done yes. with. An, it could have done. Well, we'll get. We'll talk about it on categories. But you know what I'm going to say. Definitely could have done with a, a moment in here, a little, a little, a little musical number. Definitely wouldn't have gone amiss on this island. I did like this uh, chief, though. He made me laugh. Great actor. I don't know who he is, but he was fantastic, the chief, yeah. Very deadpan. I'm Toby Chief. I'm uh, I'm Joe Banks. This is Patricia Granamore. You speak English. I have learned. You came to stop the anger of the woo? Yeah. Tonight we will have a big feast. And then at the end of the feast, you will climb to the top of the big wall and you will jump in, okay? Okay. I did find it a little bit uncomfortable that the only two speaking parts of the tribe were both, like, white guys. Under a lot of makeup. Yeah. Yeah. 
That, that yes, wow. Well, if this isn't the nineteen March nineteen ninety, guys, crikey. Well, it's also a very weird because I think in the movie they say the tribe's made up of Jews, Latinos. That's Greeks. right. Yes, they say that's it's a mixed right. bag. Yeah, of, yeah, that's yeah. It's absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, Nathan Lane's in there as well. I don't know if you got it. It's uncredited though, not on IMDb <laughs> trivia either. Trivia bomb. Jim, that's an amazing, a shrewd reference there by Jim. Well done. Fantastic. <laughs> He's kind of a really underrated actor, Nathan Lane, by the way. He's great. What are you talking He's about? He's great in everything. But like, if people said like name, I don't think most, if I like, you know, I doubt Fish knows who Nathan Lane is. No. Exactly. Most people don't know who he is, but he's fantastic. Unbelievable. Um, Sounds like a character in like Uncharted or something like. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Nathan Drake. Yeah, very good. Um, (laughs) Right. Okay. So Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks jump into the volcano in what I think is a profoundly touching moment um, about life, death and the universe. Then they're they're exploded out of the volcano into the sea. Um, the volcano coughs them back out like there's some sort of steam cloud or something when they jump in. I thought I had seen this and I thought I remembered them jumping into the volcano, but in my memory it was all bright and colourful and sunlight and daytime, but in the movie right. it's at night and it's dark and it's a bit scary when there's a bit more yeah, Temple yeah. of Doom. Yes, yeah. Um, but when they're... Um, what I found funny, I don't know if you guys picked that up, they're, they're, they're spat out of the volcano and they end in the water... All of these islanders die. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Yeah. The, the island sinks. The island sinks, and all these women and children and orange soda cans—they're all vaporized, presumably, or drown in the water. I was like, "That's uh, really horrific." And the movie, in no way. Um, well, Tom Hanks is happy because he's alive. He's alive, so. and he's with Meg Ryan. <laughs> and um, the suitcases come back. They get on the suitcase. They they um, and then then um, so the alternative ending. I'll, I'll just say it now um, was that uh, Lloyd Bridges turns out this was filmed. It was filmed and it was in the movie and test audiences hated it, um, so they reshot it. So Lloyd Bridges turns up with the doctor. He pulls a gun on Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks Hang on, like, turn, turns not. up how they're in the sea. In a boat. So you know that the boat is called Tweedledee. Or Tweedledum turns uh, up. Is it Tweedledum turns up? Okay. There you go. I was expecting that. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. On the boat. And then he says, I'm not afraid. I'm not scared of you. He takes the gun off him and he kicks them out onto a little dinghy and leaves them in the water and they sail off. And it's revealed that Amanda Plummer survived. She's on Tweedledee, the, the boat. Right. And um, the, the crew of that boat that went down are all there. And I believe they also saved the chieftain um, on the <laughs> island who he survived. <laughs> sure. The guy that had his little soul doll. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And that was the original ending. Um, I like this ending of them just sailing off together and you don't quite know how the movie's going to end. And that Tom Hanks says something like, let's go somewhere where there's no men, away from men, man, or something. I wonder where we'll end up. Hell, away from the things of man, my love. Away from the things of man. I think I talked about why I love the movie, why I, loved it, why, why I found it profound. Do you guys want a last opportunity before we get onto categories about why you liked the movie? Because I feel like I've been more positive about this as we've gone through. So you just want another opportunity about things you liked or what, what, what resonated with you before we get onto categories. I liked how easy it was to watch mm-hmm. and it was intriguing all the way through. Having sat here talking to you guys about it, I don't th- think it's a very good film. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, um, but I but I still enjoyed genre, it. That's, I think it's excellent. I, that's what I'll say. I I, I think I, I don't as a romantic. Well, okay. So name me name me some romantic. And we should probably do this in categories. Um, okay, but, let's do that in categories. Yeah. Okay. This week's episode is sponsored by the American Panoscope Rectal Probe. When you need a probing, after some disrobing, don't fall afoul of something that might cause eroding. Allow at least six hours rest after using the rectal probe. Never attempt to operate any form of heavy machinery or moving a vehicle while using this product. Excessive intake may cause adverse reactions, including a laxative effect. Consult your doctor before use. Put your feet up. Get yourself a cup of tea. It's time for Categories. Best lines from the movie, guys. What, what stands out? Uh, for me, it was when he went to buy the uh, suitcases and... I can't remember what he says, something like, oh, I'll take four of them. And the salesman just turns to him and goes, may you live for a thousand years, sir. I <laughs> <laughs> loved it. If I had the need and the wherewithal, Mr. Banks, this would be my trunk of choice. I'll take four of them. May you live to be a thousand years old, sir. Thanks, same to you. I liked a lot of the deadpan stuff. When... Yeah. Um, What's his name? Bridges. First Lloyd, Lloyd Bridges. Bridges. Lloyd Bridges. He's, you know, he's, he's sort of chewing the walls a little bit and he's giving Joe his speech about he wants him to jump into a volcano. Total red carpet situation. You're a national hero. You're Charles Lindbergh. It's wine, women and song in the sweetest little paradise you ever saw. And then you jump into the volcano. Live like a king, die like a man. That's what I say. What do you say? And Tom Hanks just goes, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I think that was actually yeah, one of the best things about Tom Hanks' performance that I've, we've not really said is that he doesn't, he plays everything down. Yes. He doesn't, he's not like a screwball. He doesn't go big. He doesn't go Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. He go, plays the material down. And that's a good choice, I think, in this movie to do it that way. Yeah, I like that. Um, recast this, I, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't change Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. If you if, if you change one, you've got to change the other, haven't you? No, it doesn't. I wouldn't have um, changed anything, really. I I don't. Um, I wouldn't have changed anything. I'm sure you do. You guys agree? I mean, in terms of casting, no, I don't think so. No. It's kind of what you're going for, isn't it? Um, food from the movie. Was there anything appetizing in this? Uh, they, they eat crab. Crab. Don't they? Yeah, they have crab and uh, scallops and something. <laughs> that looked nice, actually. I don't think I've never had a crab with the hammer. Have you guys? No, I've had a lobster, not a crab. Has to be said. I want to have one of those cr- hammers. You want a crab hammer? Yeah. It's not as it's not as much fun. Is it not? <laughs> I, I think when you have to work for your food, it's never as much fun. Um, next category is a musical number. So we do get the animals go two by two, hurrah, in some kind of weird the tribal thing. We get lots of music. I mean, we get lots of full-on really. songs, don't we? Yeah. Lots of music. Tom Hanks dancing on the raft great as well on the, on the suitcase. Great, great yeah. scene. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, really enjoyable. Um, now, this is an interesting one. The, the Beckdale test in this one. Um, so the Beckdale test is traditionally yeah, where two characters that are named talk about something other than a man. This movie does not pass. No. But it still, as I said, it still feels like it cares about women or it's trying to care, doesn't it? As like I said, it's doing something a bit profound. Mm-hmm. It's giving Meg Ryan a lot to do. 
lots of parts. I feel like it's very respectful in the way it treats women. Um, Except Lloyd Bridges with his pipe. Oh, yes. The, the naked woman pipe. A, a better yeah. version of this movie is probably one that's a, where you get to know Meg Ryan a little bit better and she has her own story and they kind of meet as equals. And maybe that's how you don't have to have her play three parts, right? It is very much like focused around Tom Hanks, isn't it? And the, the world, the universe revolves around yeah. him. There's a version of this movie where maybe you see the lives of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan separately and they're both on the same trajectory and they come together in the middle. And maybe that would have been cool. I think that's Sleepless in Seattle, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, which is probably... And, and you've got Mayo. Yeah. Would this movie have been better non-linear? I, I think... Hear me out. I think maybe it would have been better if we started on the island and then flashback. Yep. Yeah, I yep. can see that, actually. Because I said this yep. whole structure doesn't really work with the title. Yes. Yeah. No. I kind of yeah, maybe would just... have liked it if we started on the island, got to the tip of the volcano, Joe, we should jump in, and then they flash back and go, how did we get here? I kind of think maybe that might have been a better way to go. Yeah. I just don't think that, yeah, there wasn't enough like conflict between the two of them. It was kind of like straight from one point to the next. You know, there was no argument on the boat or on the raft, sorry. You're asking for the traditional a... romantic comedy structure, Jim. That well, this that's movie what does I not give you. That's what I was expecting. Yeah, you're, you're saying you like the structure. Yeah. You like the familiarity. They should have got to the island sooner and then they should have, I don't know. You should have slept with an island girl. <laughs> island <then>. girls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a just island boy. I'm a just island boy. Ooh. I'm a get keyword going. You're gonna keep that gun. Oh. I'll be just staring at the sun. I'm just out full gazing. I'm like, pull where I'm staying. They're like, you wanna be famous. I'm trying to be out all greatest. I'm, gonna... I said, I'm an island boy. <laughs> it's a reference for all you TikTok fans out there. Let's, let's, let's quickly brainstorm some alternative titles then for this film. If the volcano only turns up in the in the last 10 minutes, what would you call this film? Average Joe. There you go. Yeah, when, when, when I watched the trailer and it said Average Joe, I was like, oh, that's why they've called him Joe, isn't it? Right, now here's what we, we wanted to get to. Does another movie do this better? So this is why I wanted to ask Jim. So come on, romantic comedies, Jim. Um, so Sleeps in Seattle, you've got mail. You like both of them better than this? So they're, they're the yeah, two subsequent they're Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan films, right? I've not seen either of them. You haven't seen either of those films? Not seen wow. either of them. I mean, even sticking with uh, Meg Ryan, you've got When Harry Met Sally, great movie. Um, I'm a big fan of Crazy Stupid Love that came out back in I've the I've not 2000s. seen any of these films. There we go. Great. There's a massive gap great in my yeah. knowledge is romantic comedies. Um, my favourite romantic comedy is actually a fairly recent one, but I watch it all the time is Game Night. Love game oh yeah, night. I saw that. That was funny. Game night was yeah. a good one. I love game night. Um, yeah. Have you seen any of the? Um, oh, I'm, it, is it Richard Curtis? Have I got that right? Yeah. Yeah. So like four yeah. weddings and Notting Hill. Notting Hill. Yeah. Again, I, I've I've seen four weddings, but I watched it for the first time very wow. recently, like maybe the two years ago. Yeah, it's just it's not your genre, is it, Dave? That's the thing. So so. Ro, ro, you know, romantic comedies are to you like crime films are to me. <laughs> it's just a black hole. I've just had no reason to watch them. I would never, I would never ever choose to watch one on my own. And when when I'm with my girlfriend, uh, or, or or I'm probably trying to show her a horror movie is more what I'd watch with a female partner rather than like a, a romantic lucky lady. Like, or we'd go watch a thriller. That's what I like to watch with my girlfriend. I like to watch like Basic Instinct, Fatal Attraction, Gone Girl. That's like my idea. I would never watch like mm. yeah, a romantic Th- Gone Girl on a first date. Good plan. <laughs> 
<laughs> I watched Gone Girl on a day, but yeah, that's not recommended. Boy, did that go down like a awful. <laughs> worst date movie you can have, actually, I think. One of the worst you could do. But this is why, so listing off, you know, all these other romantic comedies, this is why mm-hmm. I don't think this is a very good romantic comedy. This is why I think it is a good one. Yeah. But <laughs> it's the only one you've seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it's one that like I'm like if you, I I think it's weird enough that I'm like if you like this we have something in common. That's what I that's why I, I I'd almost use it as some sort of litmus test for a potential partner. But that's not the only reason to watch romantic comedies. Not, no, 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 I know, but they like, can be enjoyed. I, I just find romantic like I, yeah, based on. on their own merit as films. It's not just about whether your girlfriend or potential girlfriend likes no, or, I, or that's why I you watch them, them bit... because you feel like you have to. No, I, I guess my my issue with s- some romantic comedies, um, like maybe the Adam Sandler ones, um, which I I don't like, is that I don't like the phoniness of it. Again, where it feels like a product, it feels like you know it's A, B, and C. It's like a, again a commercial product. It doesn't feel in any way artistic, and that's why I like this one. Is that this is this feels like it's trying to say something. Whereas a lot of romantic comedies, like like she's all that, all these kind of teen, like even like something like Ten Things I Hate About You, which I think is fairly well done. Um, it's it's like it's very formulaic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then that's just and I kind of yeah. like how weird and quirky this is. True, but then that's that could be said of just comedies in general as well, couldn't it? Like you know. Well, I said, and I, I think we've established that I'm not a fan of a lot of comedies even <laughs> for that reason. I like the weird, quirky ones. I I, I like the artistic. Ones. But I, I, again, uh, for you guys um, watching this, did, didn't you think, wow, this, uh, uh, watching this, I also felt like this is, again, a real product of the 90s and that, like, it, in how unsynthetic it feels. And like I said, it really feels like there's a lot of artistic merit to it. I think it's very much of the time, isn't it? I think that's what you're getting at. And it, in the it, same way that of Nightbreed that we watched recently, it's just quirky and weird and kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. the quirky weirdness of yeah. it, but but uh, rather than just like the synthetic studio, yeah. pumped out. But like I say, and I, and I enjoyed the quirkiness of it, and you know the sort of randomness of it, and but for me that made it worse in some ways as well because I enjoyed the film. It's like I was saying earlier, I enjoyed watching the film, and I was intrigued by it. Mm. I don't think it's a very good film. No, I think this is one of those ones where it's like. For me, I this is one of those movies like like Nightbreed where I accept I like this, but like your average Joe person is not is not gonna like your mum and dad is not gonna like this. It's too weird. Okay, um, let's go on to the next category. Um, is there any memorabilia that you'd like from this film? I've, I've got one in one in mind. I like I want that testicle thing from the guy's <laughs> desk. <laughs> the what? The, oh. the synthetic testicle. Is it synthetic prototype. testicles? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, synthetic testicle prototype, and he has a mock-up on his desk. How did you miss this? I have to go back and rewatch. I watched it three times. <laughs> it is quite a blink-and-you-miss-it thing, but it's there, sat on the boss's desk. Yeah, right, synthetic okay. testicle prototype. I'll have that. Uh, I want the lamp, don't you? Yeah, the, the lamp. lamp's quite cool. The lamp's the one to have, I think. Yeah, I want those suitcases. Yeah, the suitcases. Oh, look, you've got to have the suitcases. They always pop up. I was really annoyed, just, sorry, going back to that whole when they're trapped on the oh, suitcase no. raft. Like, I don't know how long they're supposed to be out there for, but he's, like, trying to keep her alive for what seems like days on end. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, when she just wakes up, she looks absolutely immaculate. 
Yes, it's, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And also, yeah. how long, like, if you get knocked out, how long are you out for? Like, yeah, she was out for quite a while, <laughs> wasn't she? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Serious brain damage so going what's, on What's there. going on? I didn't think as well. Actually, you know, when she was knocked out and went into the water, I thought he took a little bit too long to dive in after her. He, she, he was staring at her floating body for a, a couple of beats too long. Yeah, well, in a storm. To jump Maybe in you're water. right. Would you have jumped in at all, Dave? I would have gone, of course, instantly. Wouldn't have fought twice, would have gone straight in. Um, Bullshit. <laughs> all right, weakest and uh, strongest bit of this film. Production design was amazing. Very good. It looked yeah. incredible. Uh, Should we look at who the production designer was and what he did? Let's have a look. I feel like he I got Jim is right. nominated for something. Production design by Bo Welsh. That is a name that I think I recognise. There you go. Yeah, Edward Scissorhands, Men in Black. Hello. Cat in the Hat. Big ah. movies. Thor. Oh, Batman Returns. Oh, yeah, Jesus. we got the we got the Tim Burton, didn't we? Yeah. Ghostbusters Two, Beetlejuice, Lost Boys. There you go. Wild Wild West. It doesn't get bigger than that. This guy's Oof. as big as it comes. No, but in terms of production design, though, Fish does yes, not get no, much no. bigger yeah, than them. I'd agree with that. Um, and did the did the TV show a series of unfortunate events? This guy's a legend. And then the other thing I thought was just yeah, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Tom Hanks especially because I haven't watched a Tom like an early Tom Hanks film for a long while like a comedy mm-hmm. and it was just a yeah. joy to watch him and it got me thinking actually like because Tom Hanks has sort of grown out of that phase of his career isn't he about doing like sort of broad comedies and it kind of made me question whether A he would ever do one again or even if he could and like how some comic actors can just keep going like later into into their age but Tom Hanks seems to not do that anymore I feel like he did one in the late 2010s with Julia Roberts called Larry Crown. I've not okay. seen it. Uh, I seen um, it. But I agree. I, when I watched this as well, that was one of the thoughts I had, Jim, because I'd not seen Sleep in Seattle and You've Got Me. I was like, here's Tom Hanks, an actor that I love. I've seen all his movies. I think he's great. And there's a whole like black spot in my brain of his career that I just don't know about. Brain, brain cloud. Brain cloud, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. I know Splash, and I guess that I was as Splash and the Burbs. Yeah. But I thought, what kind of interesting choices he was making, even as a com- yeah. Okay, I was going to say because it's like after you do Captain Phillips, you're not going to go back to this wacky shit, are you? I think it was Philadelphia that made him turn, wasn't it? Or made him turn. Oh, <laughs> definitely the wrong turn of phrase. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds yep. me of that. Uh, Family Guy sketch where they go to watch Philadelphia. I got it. That's the guy from Big. Tom Hanks. That's it. Ah, funny guy, Tom Hanks. Everything he says is a stitch. I have AIDS. (laughs) Anyway, Fish, what was your your best and worst? Best and worst bits, yeah. Oh, I didn't do my worst. Hold on. What was the worst? Well, just the, the structure to me. I just, yeah, it kind of like, when are we getting to the island? When are we getting to the island? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. going on now? Like, I think that's that's probably a, a problem because of the trailer. I, don't, I think if we haven't seen the trailer, I think you're, we might yeah. not care. Trailer and title, yeah. yeah. I think I just love Meg Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... What other Meg Ryan movies have you seen, Fish? <clears throat> well, this, You've Got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle. I really love Inner Space. Inner Space I think is it is an, yeah. a, an incredible film. Um, I mean, after those four, five, I'm, I am struggling to think off the top of my head, but you don't need any more than that. I'd like to watch, because she did the thing, she had the Russell Crowe drama, yeah, and then she did a movie called In the Cut, and that, that really finished her off. Oh, that C- was City like, of Angels, uh, Nicolas Cage. 
I've not seen that one. But no, In the Cut was like this kind of serious, dark movie where she was nude in it and everyone turned on her for that one. I'd kind of want to go back and reevaluate that now. Oh, When Harry Met Sally, of course. I'm just having a quick... Love When Harry Met Sally. I do love it. I mean, When Harry Met Sally is iconic because of that. I always remember that scene with the old couples talking about how they met each other, don't you? That's all really nice. And how dare I forget Top Gun. Of course. Of course. So best for me, Um, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Worst. I, I made a note at one point that I was sort of sad that the surrealism had disappeared. Because it had this real tone at the beginning of this weird anxiety-induced... Can I remind you that they are slapping him with fish? Yeah. No, I guess it was it was more of a tone thing then. It was like there was this yeah, yeah, Orwellian yeah. severance mm-hmm. vibe. And then once he got on the boat, it turned into slapstick. And I yeah, sort of, yeah. I was liking that tone at the beginning. You lose the kind of surrealist production design. Yes, I think that's what I was missing from the end of the mm-hmm. film. I, I guess... Yeah, because it's... It, it, although it's clearly uh, an island, it's not. It's not a, a wacky island. Yeah, it's not a Tim. It's Tim Burton at the beginning, and by the end, it becomes Castaway. Uh, remake, sequel, or Paul Feig gender swap? Um, I guess we want to see Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks back together. Would that be nice? Oh, would would that be nice now? They're like so old, though. I, I think we. I think we're destined to see them back together, aren't we? Bef- when before the before we shift off these mortal coils aren't they destined to do something together again I'd like what, to see it feels like we've mined every other piece of nostalgia with you uh, what are they going to do Hanks, Meg Ryan some sort of reunion some, yeah. some sort of sequel you've got NFTs <laughs> and uh, the legacy of this movie completely forgotten right completely Absolutely. gone yeah the fact that none of us have seen it. it, it pretty... I had seen no, I had seen it, but um, most I don't think anyone would know about this movie now. If so, I, I know, I, I, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, completely. I only know it probably because my parents rented it accidentally when I was nine years old. Yeah, it, it hasn't even got a cult following like the Burbs has. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like the Burbs, people know about it. It's like, oh yeah, that weird kind of quirky movie that Tom Hanks did. This is like it's like Jim. Jim was saying it's the third. Tom Hanks Meg Ryan movie that no one gets in the pub quiz. I don't yeah. even know why that it des- it deserves to be known. It deserves to say be so. remembered. It deserves to be a cult movie. I I disagree. I don't think so. Jim, you liked this movie. I, right? I enjoyed watching it. I'll never watch it again. Like it's not. Oh, like, I'm going to watch it no again next week. Rewatchability next for me. Week. <laughs> I, I um, love this. This is like this could be this could be cracking the top ten. It won't crack the. top You've 10. got to watch Pretty Woman first. <laughs> Cut with this doesn't go in. <laughs> it's not going in.